Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome back. Moving right along, uh, we're going to jump right into our next guest, and he is Jonathan Zucker. And Jonathan is with Intrepid Investment Bankers. He's a senior vice president in Los Angeles, and they're a specialty investment bank that provides M&A capital raising and strategic advisory services to middle market companies. And Jonathan Zucker is the head of the capital markets group with, an, with expertise in raising debt and equity capital for companies across a diverse set of industries. And we're going to talk about how they help business owners realize liquidity to diversify their asset base. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Hey, Bill. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, real pleasure to have you. Uh, you know, one of the first things we like to do is just give our listeners a sense of, of who they're listening to. So if you could just tell us a little bit about you and your background, and then we'll get into your company and what it does. Sure. I, I grew up uh, in and around uh, New York City and went to school at the University of Pennsylvania and uh, started my career in the late 90s and early 2000s uh, on Wall Street, working with very large publicly traded companies. Uh, so I've been for a very long time been involved in helping companies access the capital markets. Uh, but early in my career, it was, again, an international kind of faceless corp- multi-billion dollar corporations. So it wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't really feel like I made a big impact. And uh, about nine years ago, I moved out to greener pastures, moved to Southern California, and got involved in, in much more entrepreneurial activities. Uh, I had my own business in the internet space for a few years and saw what it was like to uh, to raise capital and go through the cycle of growing a business and exiting a business. Then I took that experience and, and started, again, working back in the capital markets, but with a different approach, with an approach to really help uh, middle market businesses, real, real people who own businesses, and help them grow and eventually sell their businesses. And so that's what Intrepid does, I take it, is, is to help business owners find those liquidity events that they're looking for through capital markets, like you say. Uh, what types of sizes of businesses do you work with? Typically, we work with businesses, and middle market is a term that gets thrown around, and and people, a lot of people have different definitions. But I would say our typical client has anywhere in revenues from 10 million to a couple hundred million dollars in revenues, and obviously there are outliers where we go smaller or bigger. But but Mm -hmm. those typical clients, you know, businesses that have uh, been around a little while, they're they're profitable maybe, but they they need to get to the next level, or they've uh, they've come to the end of of you know the current ownership's uh, life cycle and ready to, to pass it on to the next. Yeah, that makes that's a huge market. And, of course, a lot of business owners are in that position and saying, okay, uh, you know, a lot of people that we have as our listeners, they're business owners, they're evaluating their options for either exiting their businesses completely or perhaps, you know, just reducing their involvement and taking some money off the table. So what kinds of options do business owners have in today's market? So it's a really interesting market today because it's a it's a pretty robust capital markets in terms of uh, 
funds and other institutions that are willing to either lend money or invest equity dollars into businesses. So business owner, in many cases, it's kind of mind-boggling the options they have. Um, if they're looking to sell their companies, there's a competitive marketplace of both strategic and financial buyers. Uh, so strategic meaning competitors or other businesses in the same space or an ancillary space that want to acquire the business to realize synergy and fold it into an existing company. So those are the strategics. Then there are financial buyers who are these private equity funds that are just in the business of buying and selling companies. So that's that's the options, the main options for selling companies. And then there's a lot of different options in terms of realizing partial liquidity or taking some cash off the table. We find some owners are, are ready to take a little step back, but they don't want to give up all the ownership or exit the business completely. And they may have options ranging from taking a debt deal where they borrow money uh, on the books of the company but can take cash out that that money is used to pay a special dividend to the shareholders so they can realize some personal liquidity while retaining ownership. Uh, or they also might be able to do a minority equity deal where a fund uh, will invest some dollars to be a partner in the business, but that owner, again, still stays, uh, stays involved. Yeah, so a lot of options for, like you said, for a business owner today. Some some of them say, "I'm done. It's time to pack it up, and I want to I want to leave it all behind." And others are saying, "You know, this is a big part of my life. Uh, I I enjoy the business. I just can't grow it as much as I need to, or I just want to take some chips off the table." And it sounds like you guys have all of those options put together. Um, can you take us through a typical process that you run at Intrepid when you're raising capital or selling a business? What do you take an owner through? Sure. Well, part of it is that we're we're a firm built uh, and and run by entrepreneurs. So uh, you know, I had my own company. The founders of our firm had founded and built up a previous investment banking firm called Barrington Associates. They sold it to Wells Fargo. Uh, they spun out of Wells Fargo to start Intrepid. So, being entrepreneurs, we're sensitive to the needs of businesses and the nuances of a business. So, what we really do in any engagement, whether we're raising capital or looking to sell a company, is is get very deep into the business to understand not only what's on paper and what are the products and what are the services, but we really get in with the entrepreneur and understand their vision, their history, how did they get to where they are today, where do they want to go. We spend a lot of time understanding the unique story of the entrepreneur or business owner so that we can properly package and convey that story to the marketplace. So, you know, we spend a lot of time in, in diligence, kicking the tires, uh, getting to know the management team, getting to know the products, services, and understanding the marketplace and the potential buyers or investors. And then we, we package a, a set of materials and a story that we can properly present, again, to a, a very large network of, of people we have very close relationships with in the institutional finance community so that we can find the most uh, competitive, uh, good offer for the uh, the owner. So it's, it's really a process of getting to know the business intimately, packaging the story, presenting it to the marketplace. And then once we get down in the process, obviously, then there's negotiating, uh, bringing in the proper legal and accounting advisors to get the deal closed properly. You know, I, I don't I don't want to gloss over that phrase, getting to know the business owner intimately, because like you said, you're you're uh, uh, you guys are all entrepreneurs. You've been there. You know how important 
that business has been to the owner and how important it is that they find the right home for it. It's like they're, you know, they're, they're passing their baby to somebody else. And a lot of owners are very concerned because their employees are like extended family and they want to make sure that that's, that culture uh, doesn't shift uh, in a bad way. Without a doubt, and that's why, again, it's it's part of our job isn't just to get you uh, good offers, but sometimes it's it, the offer is 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 well beyond what's on a piece of paper on a term sheet or a potential purchase agreement. Uh, we can look at two uh, purchase agreements or term sheets that look fairly identical, but because of relationships, because we understand the business and we understand the party trying to come in and get involved with the business, uh, we can certainly make recommendations as to what's best for the legacy. Uh, um, for the morale of the employees and the ultimate vision of the ownership. Great input, Jonathan. Now, a lot of business owners are, are telling me and telling us, you know, I used to have a, a fantastic, highly profitable business. I've had a couple rough years. I'm emerging from that. I'm feeling better about the future. But my my EBITDA is still there's not much E in the EBITDA. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But they're, they're, they're getting better, but they're, they're still concerned that they're going to go get a valuation that's going to be based on a trailing EBITDA, and they're going to say, well, that, that's not going to work. We need to look forward. We need to look to the future because we've survived all of that. But uh, what's it, how difficult are those kinds of situations where the owners are saying, it's getting better. I've survived all of this since 2008. But uh, are, are there are there uh, finance companies or, or venture capital companies or others that will say we see what you see? There are. That's one thing about being in a, in a fairly robust capital markets. There are, are options, and obviously, um, the investment community would would prefer a company that's very healthily profitable on a trailing and projected basis. Uh, but our job is to really tell the entrepreneur story properly. And if we can get an investor, whether it's a private equity fund or a family office or a venture fund, on the same page where they connect with the entrepreneur story, they understand understand the industry, they understand the market, maybe they have synergy within their portfolio of other investments where they know if they make an investment in this business, um, there's a lot they can bring to the table. So they see, they see where the business was in 07. They see that the business was able to survive uh, 08 and 09 when so many haven't. And, and that goes a long way. So I think it's a matter of, of finding the investor that understands the story and buys into the vision and us conveying that there's more to, to this company than what's on paper in their last couple of years audit financial statements. And that's really where we, we earn our money is getting beyond, hey, here's a evaluation multiple on the trailing 12-month EBITDA. The more we can get away from that, the more we can extract a, a premium value for our owners and really uh, earn our money there. So great points. And so now you've put together this book and in the table of contents are the following headings our market, our products, our financials, our people, and our past. What page is the most important of those headings and what are the uh, – the strategic buyers might be looking to, to replace people, and we know that. But uh, say a financial buyers or, or venture capital, what's the most important page that they're going to be looking for in that story? 
I would say out of the pages you mentioned, the, the one that stands out to me is always going to be the people, and it may depend on the stage. Obviously, the earlier stage or more uh, technology or healthcare, life science-focused business, people are even that much more important because those businesses tend to pivot their actual product or service offering uh, very often as opposed to a more traditional manufacturing-type uh, business or something like that. But even so, I think people are the, the driving force of any business. And then another page that you may not have mentioned because you sort of left uh, left off with the page called the past uh, and really the page that's yet to be written, the future, that's the other most important page. So it's the people and then that feeds into, okay, we know where the business has been, but with these people and with our investment or our involvement as, as the fund getting in, where is the future? So those are the kind of two pages that matter. Well, you passed the test with flying colors. There. <laughs> great, great, you're, and, and, you know, that is something that a lot of business owners are afraid of the past, and they don't lead with their people. And they, that's what I was saying before. They, they already see the vision of where things are going. They're excited about it. But they know that uh, a lot of business buyers, that's an uncashed check. They're going to discount that. If they're, but if they've taken the risk out of their business, there's a lot better chance they're going to get a successful outcome too, right? I mean, a, a lot of the risks are that you don't have the right people to implement the processes or that you don't have the processes in place so that the business will sustain itself on a repeatable basis. Absolutely. I think that uh, de-risking your business and having things set up properly for growth and for uh, being nimble in the marketplace is is really important. And you want to avoid uh, pitfalls that a lot of more family-owned and entrepreneurial businesses have. You, you don't want to cut corners. You don't want to have inadequate financial controls or inventory systems. Uh, you don't want to have uh, too much customer concentration in one or two customers unless you're in a very specific specific uh, type of industry, uh, you want to make sure the business is kind of set up for the next stage. So you have a good, diverse set of customers, you've got good financial controls, you're paying your vendors on time, you're paying your advisors well, you, you're not skimping on the legal and the accounting and that kind of stuff because that matters. Uh, you know, you're documenting all your workers, you're not trying to cut corners with, with any of the undocumented workers and things like that. So definitely uh, avoiding those pitfalls and de-risking the business is huge. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about those pitfalls, so I'm glad you brought that up. So those, that's what our listeners are, are thinking, I think, a lot is, okay, what do, I, uh, what do I need to focus on and what do I need to prevent from happening down the road? Why do you see uh, – what, what's, what's the driving factor when a, a deal fails? What, what, what are some of the driving factors? A couple things I, I think about uh, – and we see over and over again are there are things that business owners do that they think suits them either from a tax perspective or a lifestyle perspective, but it actually makes the company less attractive to a potential buyer or investor. And by that, I mean, you have the common business owner who always says, I don't want to show a profit because uh, then there's going to be a tax bill. And, and, and to hand in hand with that, I'm going to use the business to finance my lifestyle. So I'm going to have all these expense items that are uh, a little bit vague, but really the fact is I'm a profitable company, but I'm going to run all kinds of lifestyle expenses through the business. So A, uh, I get my stuff paid for, there are tax benefits, and B, just keeping the company kind of under the radar and, 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 uh, 
and break even. So the stuff that sounds good as an individual, then when you go to the marketplace and try to talk to buyers, they're saying, well, I'm trying to buy, I want to buy profitability and I want to buy a business that expenses on their financials are related to the expenses of running the business. So these aren't pitfalls that are insurmountable, but these are things that we have to work on. And that's why we like to maybe get in with the owners a couple of years before their big liquidity event and start getting them on the right track. And and that's uh, really helpful. Yeah, that's I was going to ask you that because I I hear a lot that uh, people say, well, when's the best time to start this kind of planning? I hear over and over again, well, the best time is five years ago. (laughs) The next best time is now. (laughs) The next best time is now. And it, it might take three years for you to get everything cleaned up in good working order uh, but it's in that time, if you're working on a on a uh, regular basis with a group, a firm to help you build that value, it's going to pay off in the multiple, the big payday that you get down the road. Is that fair to say? Without a doubt. We like to meet the business owner as early as possible in their life cycle. Uh, we're not just transactional-based. Uh, it's great when someone wants to, calls us up and says, hey, I'm ready to sell my company next month. I want to hire a banker. Uh, but it's even better when we meet a business, develop a relationship over a course of many months or even years so that we can say, hey, maybe you thought you were ready to sell your business next quarter, but you spend a little bit of time going beneath the hood and say, well, you know what? We can, we can improve uh, X, Y, and Z. Um, take this process out a year and a half, and we're going to get a much better end result. So the earlier we can meet them, the better. We provide a lot of uh, a lot of value and advisory um, before we even uh, necessarily suggest a you know, formal uh, engagement with the client. Yeah, and this can be this can be painful a painful transition for a lot of uh, our listeners who are saying, you know. I like killing profits. I like killing taxes. <laughs> I've been doing that for years. It's worked for years. Why do I have to change now? Can't they just recast all of that? Well, at a certain level, you can. But when you get up, when you're competing for a lot of, uh, it, you know, this, these are not deals that necessarily there's, uh, you know, one, that you're the only person they're looking at, right? I mean, these you're, you're in a competitive selling environment right now for your business. And that's why you need to get all this stuff uh, up and uh, you know, out of the closet. Get your get your issues cleaned up. Get your financials cleaned up so that you have a better chance. Because you're not the only person that they're probably looking at as far as a business is concerned, right? Correct, correct. Even in, in today's market, which is it's a very good market, there are a lot of buyers looking for deals, but it's still competitive. Uh, every process, every every business we bring to market, even though there's a lot of parties interested in buying or investing, uh, they pick these businesses apart and they'll look for any excuse to lower their bid, even though they they know they might be getting a nice underlying asset, uh, but they they scrutinize in this market. Again, there's a lot of capital. They want to close deals, but at the same time, they end up doing a lot more diligence and scrutinizing everything uh, to the letter before they actually close. Now, uh, a last question I have for you, and a lot of our, our business listeners are getting a lot of phone calls from groups that have, say they have a lot of capital and we buy businesses and all those types of things. You know, And there might be some truth to some of it, but by and large, uh, what's the competitive advantage to coming to work with someone like Intrepid? Uh, you, uh, wh- why would why would somebody do that when all these calls are just coming in? 
That's a great question, and, and I think part of it goes along with what I said uh, earlier. Uh, don't skimp on advisors. You end up paying for it uh, you know, triple or quintuple or, or times 10 in the long run. So just like I would recommend uh, a business owner have a solid auditing or accounting firm, ha- have solid legal representation, it's when you're ready for a, a big liquidity event or capital raise or selling your business, have an investment banker in your corner. Even if you have buyers knocking on the door, you'd be surprised at what can happen when you have an advisor running an organized competitive process and find that you find out, A, there are actually maybe a whole bunch of other buyers who don't even know about you yet that will end up knocking on your door louder and, and pay more. Or B, those guys who are already knocking on your door and offering you uh, a certain amount of money, once they uh, get part of a, a process that's being run by someone like Intrepid, you'd be surprised. They end up paying a lot more. So to, to have an advisor in your corner who really is incentivized to get you the best deal possible because we get paid at closing based on how, how good a job we do in getting the, the highest price possible for the business. So uh, there's, there's very little downside to the business owner having an advisor, and there's a, a ton of upside. Great stuff. Jonathan, how do our listeners get in touch with you and learn more about Intrepid Investment Bankers? I definitely encourage everyone to check us out on the web, uh, intrepidib.com. So intrepid and IB for investment bank dot com. Uh, you can always call me at three one zero four seven eight nine thousand. And I, I definitely want to offer myself and our firm as a resource to any business owners who are, are thinking about a liquidity event, even if it's years away. Uh, we spend a lot of time just getting to know business owners. We make a lot of recommendations uh, and can help uh, take a look at your business, let you know we think it's worth, let you know who we think the right buyers or investors are. Uh, We do a lot of that before we even suggest a a formal engagement with a client. Well, it was great talking with you today. A lot of great information and tips, and I hope our listeners will take advantage and get in touch with you. Jonathan, thanks very much for joining us today. It's been great. Bill, thank you very much for having me. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. I've been talking with Jonathan Zucker from Intrepid Investment Bankers. Hey, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come right back with another guest. So hang in there with us, and we'll be right back. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners where we're interviewing over 250 top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 